the police wanna relocate me. They run up, but they can't fake me. They wanted to come up, but they ain't crazy. I ride one in the Six tray Chevrolet rolling without no top. Got them hydraulics dumping it, making it drop. California to Virginia, Timmy making it hot. Taking long rides in a G4 plane. X Men to the stage, got them going insane. Yeah, got the world saying I'm a name. I'm about to make a little change. I'ma keep it the same. You dig? X to the Z baby. Run up on your hidden corners, phantom break. Come on, X be the life for the party. Don't be scared, girl. Reach out and touch somebody. Welcome to the third and three podcast where we're here to go on a blast talking all NFL news, pop culture and everything in between. And you might notice that the voice starting to show is a little different today. Uh, Jason is busy, you know, had to deal with some life things. Um, but me and Nikki are going to hold it down on this today's episode. So I am very excited about this episode. How are you feeling today, Nikki? I am good. I am happy to be here with you on Wednesday night. And guess what, D? We got to 87 degrees in Jersey today. What? That's crazy. <laughs> some Arizona weather a little bit today. So it felt good. It felt nice. Had the sun on you. Nice hot day. I love it. That's that's awesome. Like, I guess y'all sent y'all normal weather down here to us yeah. uh, here, in, <laughs> here in Arizona. It was raining. I was a little late to start the podcast because I got caught in traffic because people don't know how to drive in the rain out here. Literally three accidents on the same freeway. Like, come <laughs> on, man. How does this even happen? How do you? Like drive straight is a freeway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like drive straight, break, like give yourself some space between the next person. Like it's not that hard. It's not three, right? If I remember <laughs> my driving test correctly, I think it's three car lengths. And that's there's a reason why. Oh God, you better hope it never snows. Forget it. <laughs> oh man, if it snowed out here, I'll definitely I'll be on time for that podcast because I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like I would have nowhere to go because everything's gonna shut down. <laughs> Ain't nobody going anywhere out here. Oh man! And as we start the show, we like to start with shoutouts. Um, so, who is the person that you're shouting out today? Um, I am shouting out new follower, friend of the show, fellow podcaster. I'm going to butcher his last name. He doesn't know I'm shouting him out yet, so I do apologize in advance. Um, <laughs> Frank, hold on. Let's see. Let's see if I, I'm going to try my best here. Frank GM Piccolo, <laughs> but his Twitter <laughs> is really easy to follow. It's at Frankie bots. So, um, and he is the co-host of now we have liftoff the New York jets podcast. And in his bio, you guys can find a direct link to his show on anchor radio. That's really dope. I love the name of the podcast. It seems yeah, like yeah. it would be a hard one to get excited about to do every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Props to them. <laughs> definitely. Definitely props to them. Because uh, it's hard. You think about a beat writer who covers a bad team, right? Like, just think about that existence. Like, mm. there's some people who have had to cover the Knicks for years or cover the Jets mm. for years or people who had to cover, like, the Detroit Pistons. Like there's a meme that's going around now about Detroit because all the Detroit teams are bad. Mm -hmm. Like imagine being a sports reporter in Detroit where 
no matter what sport you go to, you're watching something bad happen. Yeah, it's all <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so I have extra respect for those guys. I did a little time as a beat writer in college and a little bit afterwards covering the Phoenix Mercury out here in Arizona. But the Phoenix Mercury have been good. You know, you got Diane Taurasi, Brittany Griner. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, good play. So I couldn't imagine just having to watch bad play all the time. All the time. Uh, so shout out to that podcast for bringing good content in a not so good situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give my shout out today to somebody who doesn't need a shout out. They're known nationally, but I feel like he does good work. Chris Broussard for Fox Sports. Um, he's been doing these videos on Facebook, I guess, social media period, where he covers old basketball players and lets the kids know how good this player was or how great they were. And it's literally called, You Kids Don't Know. And it'll start with how good this player was or that player was. And I just love the fact that he's shouting out these players and just giving homage to those guys and letting kids know how good these guys were so they don't just go out here saying crazy stuff like, you know, Michael Jordan wasn't that good or Michael Jordan played against plumbers. Stuff like that just really annoys me. So I'm glad somebody who with a platform as big as his is doing the job of, you know, just doing God's work, you know? Uh, he's out here giving, <laughs> <laughs> giving the kids, you know, the knowledge they need. So a big shout out to Chris Broussard uh, for giving the knowledge that the kids need out here. I love that. And they do need that. Like nothing makes you feel older than I call them kids. And they're probably like in their twenties or something. And they're just like, who is this? What, like, what is this? Who is, who are these people? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I feel like I'm a hundred years old. So yeah, Chris Broussard, nice job. Cause these kids need to be schooled on some of this. Definitely. Definitely. Now, let's get into the neighborhood news. Uh, we had two big trades go down since our last episode. Let's first start with the trade that went down between Kansas City and Baltimore. So the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs, they traded away their first overall, or their first round pick, excuse me, which is number 31 overall in this year's draft, which is tomorrow night. The third rounder this year and a fourth rounder this year, along with a fifth rounder next year in exchange for offensive tackle Orlando Brown a second round pick this year and a sixth round pick next year. Uh, this is a big time deal because Orlando Brown is one of the best tackles in the league. And he's still very young on his rookie deal going to Kansas city. So let's look at it from Kansas city standpoint. First, what are your thoughts on Kansas city making such a big move? That's huge. I didn't know that until you told me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a trade and I'm like, let me see if I, and I just, I figured like we would hit, that is a really big trade. I mean, they need it, though. Like, we talk about it all the time. They do need it. But that is a huge trade now that now that I've heard that out loud. Yeah, no, it's huge. And we saw in the Super Bowl what their weakness was. Like, we all remember Patrick Mahomes running for his life the whole game. Uh -huh. And I thought they would address the offensive line in the draft. But if you can get a known commodity in Orlando Brown, who's still young, only 24 years old, you get somebody like that who could be the protector for Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years, you do it. Um, they gave up a lot of draft picks, but if you have a dominant left tackle for the next 10 years, bump the draft picks. Yeah. You got what you need. You got what you need to protect your most important asset, of course, which is Patrick Mahomes. Now, looking at it from Baltimore's side of things, now they have two picks in the first round at 27 and 31, um, along with the other draft picks that I mentioned, the third round and the fourth rounder this year, and the fifth rounder in next year's draft that they'll get. 
do you like this trade from Baltimore standpoint? I do. So, so now, cause when we did our picks last week, I just had them taking, I think I had them taking a safety um, and everybody's screaming wide receiver, but now, I mean, there's a real good shot that they can just take care of those two needs right away in the first round. So I, it's a huge trade, but I think it's probably going to be a win-win for each one of them. Yeah, I definitely can see it that way as well. And there's been some rumors that the Atlanta Falcons are willing to part ways with one Julio Jones. Oh. And what can be more tempting than two first-round picks to trade to a team like Atlanta when you have the biggest need for Baltimore is wide receiver, you know, outside of safety as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll be a smart move for them to trade those two picks and maybe a little bit more for Julio Jones? Hmm, let me see. I mean, I probably would, <laughs> but <laughs> like it's Julio Jones and the Ravens. They desperately need a wide receiver. They've got to give Lamar Jackson, somebody, some weapon, like what they have now is just not cutting it. So yeah, I would do it. Would you pull the trigger? It's tough because Julio Jones now is what? 32. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at a wide receiver who could be on the downside. I mean, still amazing, still a top five guy. And you are in win now mode. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes me think you could pull a trigger because the Baltimore Ravens have a roster that's ready to win now. And you only need him to be good for the next couple of years. True. Now, if you think he's on the downside and one of these wide receivers coming in this draft can be just as good as Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith maybe even, you know, Jalen Waddle. If you think one of those guys could be as good, maybe you trade up and get one of those guys. But now you're depending on that rookie to be a number one guy. Right. It's very tough. Everybody doesn't come to the league like Justin Jefferson last year. Yeah. <laughs> and tear it up. It's very tough to do that. So it, for me, it'll be a tough decision to give up a lot for Julio. Mm-hmm. But again, you got to swing for the fences when you have such a good roster and give Lamar a chance to be special in the passing game along with the running game. Yeah, for sure. And we had another trade go down. One of our favorite QBs, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he got traded today from Carolina to the Denver Broncos. Oh. Um, they, the Denver Broncos traded a six-round pick for him. Seems a little light for someone who could be a starting quarterback, but maybe you know they're just picking him up as a backup and they're still going to do something in a draft, which we don't know because Denver's been kind of close-vested on – not giving up any information or people are just not digging hard enough to find out what Denver's going to do. Um, but what do you think about this trade from Denver standpoint, picking up a Teddy Bridgewater, still have Drew Locke, you have the number nine overall pick. Do you think this is them saying, okay, we're not going to go QB in a draft or is this saying, Oh, we're going to get a veteran backup. Hmm. Let's see. All they got was a sixth round for him. That's it. Yeah, That's it. Wow. I would think Teddy Bridgewater would get a little bit more. So I think probably this is quarterback competition, right? I think this is a veteran quarterback move. They want to have a backup and I would probably think they're not going to go quarterback with their, uh, with their pick. Yeah. It lets me think that as well um, because you bring in somebody to push Drew Locke Mm -hmm. and if Drew Locke doesn't, push back, then you have Teddy as your starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Teddy is more than capable of being a starter. And that team does have talent at wide receiver. I love Jerry Judy coming in last year. He definitely showed some flashes of greatness. And I think with a more accurate and consistent passer, we'll see more of that next year. Um, so they can add to the defense with that first pick and throughout the draft. 
if they believe in Teddy or Drew to be the guy. So I like the move. You And if you're Carolina, I'm pretty sure they were shopping Teddy for a long time. I was like, ah, I guess no one's willing to give up anything. So we'll <laughs> we'll take, take it. <laughs> yeah, we'll take the six-round pick, I guess. Um, I guess. But on both sides, I can see. And with Carolina, I think they wanted to make sure Sam didn't have any distractions because Sam goes out there and plays badly. You're going to have people calling for Teddy to come on the field. So mm-hmm. now that your backup QB is going to be somebody that nobody knows, Sam's going to have more leeway to really work his way into the season. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that was the neighborhood news. Now let's get into applause and tomatoes. Now, this is where we get to either throw tomatoes at you or give you some applause and some flowers. Um, but in Nikki fashion, we're going to start with tomatoes because we like to warm up our throwing shoulders first. So who are you throwing your tomatoes at today, Nikki? Oh, I said last week I was throwing them at job seekers and I said, give me a week. I'll probably, you know, everybody wrote their resume and I probably throw it at people who I had an interview this week. And you're damn right. I really, really am. I have to tell you guys, like, D, it is so hard to find good people and qualified people. I don't know what it is. I don't know what kind of checks you guys are all getting out there and how much you're getting, but we can't get anybody to even come in for an interview. So the people that do come in, like, first of all, not showing up for an interview, could you at least call or email me? Like that is so freaking rude. I have a million things to do. I'm taking time out of my day to accommodate you. Cause I know A lot of people who do interview are trying to do it like quickly on a lunch break. So I try to be accommodating. This is what I get for being nice. No call, no show. And I think that's really rude. Second of all, my God, I should not be talking more than you. I really, really, really should not. You should be selling me on yourself and why you're going to be an asset to this company, to me. Uh, Nothing is worse than the, here's the interview. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I can like, uh, I can answer phones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can do filing. Uh, okay. It's just like, or it's like pulling teeth. It is excruciating. It is painful. Please talk, show a little personality. But the one that gets me the most is I'm throwing all the tomatoes at all of you entitled people out there who sit across from me. And thank you for coming in person. We wear masks. We're socially distant. Thank you very much. But you sit across from me and you proceed to tell me that you have a college degree. And that you should walk in and make $100,000 a year. I, I mean, the entitlement, just, I, I can't believe it. It's hard for me to keep a straight face. Thank God I got a mask on because sometimes I, I have a terrible poker face and I would blow it. But I mean, yeah, you and everybody else went to college. Most of us did. I mean, why do you warrant such a high salary? You know, it's just mind blowing. So on top of the resume skills that everybody needs to carve out time for, get your friend, practice interviewing for a half hour and and get your life together because it is brutal out there. That is hilarious. Uh, (laughs) It's so bad. So I just started a new job. And the person who looked over our resumes and picked the ones that people came in for interviews was talking to me about some of the interviewees who came in before me and <laughs> some, of the, some of the stories that I heard about the people who came in before me, because I was nervous. I didn't think I was, I was like, uh, oh, the interview was cool. I don't know if I'm going to get it. And literally the next day they offered me the job. Nice. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, I must have did really well. 
it turns out I didn't have much competition. Oh. <laughs> she was like, people came in with like jeans and like a t-shirt on uh-huh. or sweatpants. Yep. Just, and the thing is, I understand like some of us may be in a position where you can't afford to get slacks right now, or you may not be able to get dress clothes, but at least like if you got the jeans on, at least come with the button down with a tie, like show some effort, even like make a joke about it. Like I remember my first interview, I was a teenager, but my first interview, I didn't have slacks and I came in with jeans. And at the time I was trying this look where I would do a shirt and tie and jeans. I don't know why I thought that was cool. So, (laughs) so I remember I addressed the jeans by saying, you know, one of the reasons I want this job so I can afford some nice slacks. Oh, making a joke about it. <laughs> and I, I ended up getting a job. The manager laughed. Yeah. So even addressing it in that way to do something. But they were like, yeah, your interview, you came in, you had stories to tell. And I was also, I've done a lot of interviews. So it's something that you do get better at with practice. Mm-hmm. So if it's your first interview, though, but also the thing about the college degree, I go back and forth on it. I think it could be both overrated and underrated so with a college degree I've met so many people with college degrees who are just not smart yeah and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) you're like okay you have the college degree but this person that doesn't have one is doing such a better job than you yes (laughs) (laughs) but I have to pay you more because you went to school in part for four years yeah so I hate that part of it and also like for me in journalism I've been doing journalism for a long time. And once I got the degree, that's when more job offers came in on it. But it's like, I was already just as qualified Yeah. without this. I was already covering high school games, covering the WNBA, doing podcasts. Mm -hmm. The degree, I didn't learn anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doing the schoolwork. I just needed the degree because I knew y'all wouldn't give me a legit job like I have no shot at an ESPN job without a degree yes it's sad like, kind of like because yeah. I feel like you're right I I have worked with people who are super smart and they just have zero people skills and, and they've got like a master's degree and they just can't function like in yeah. society and I feel the same way I two years ago went and got my project management certification. Now, mind you, I had been doing it, I'll call it unofficially for like, I don't know, four or five years prior to that. And so, you know, I'm like, let me, let me get this because it's going to help me and the company and we'll get more jobs and bigger clients. And sure enough, we did, but I'm like, I didn't learn anything new. I've been doing this already. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel, yeah, I get it. So, yeah. So for you people out there who are applying for jobs, Try your best to get some good clothes because it makes you coming in there with good clothes on and smelling well and all that stuff is half the battle. Mm Because if your resume looks good, they just want to make sure you're not crazy half the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just coming in, having a good conversation, being positive, not asking for too much. Like if you go in and the salary says it's between 50 and 70, you know, and you just starting your first job, ask for 55. Yeah. Just <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't go straight for the 70 or above the 70. It's, it's just the common sense is alive as well. So if you're listening out there, use your common sense, go on with confidence, but not overconfident. And your degree doesn't make you better than anybody. Yep. It doesn't. <laughs> 
All right. So for my tomatoes, I'm going to throw my tomatoes at car dealerships. So <laughs> <laughs> me and Nikki were talking a little bit before the show. My current job that I have uh, is me dealing with dealerships in different ways. And you just realize, like, I thought the sleazy used car dealer was kind of a thing of the past. Like it was a caricature that you'll see in movies. The guy with the gray suit that he just looks like he's sweating through it. <laughs> like that was something we saw in the movies. And you're like, oh, I can't buy a car from this guy. He's going to sell me a lemon with, you know, just the worst engine, a BMW with a pencil engine. Like Those type of guys. I thought that was something of the past. And when I went to buy, when I've gone to buy cars, it's never been a great experience going to a dealership. But I haven't had any bad ones. Ones where I was like, just felt nasty afterwards. Like I've heard stories of people how they just felt nasty afterwards. Or as soon as they bought the car, they felt bad. They're like, ah, I got coaxed into buying this car. (laughs) Yeah. So all the sleazy just car dealers out there and car sellers, stop being sleazy. It's so easy to not be sleazy. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't be sleazy. Do the job well. You got somebody, especially like for me, I was in the military and that's where, especially like in military towns like San Diego or Norfolk, Virginia, a lot of the car dealers get their money, their commission off of young dudes in the military who they know aren't making that much money. Like when you're young in the military, you're not making any money at all. You're making more than you ever made. You're going from like McDonald's to the military. So <laughs> it seems like a lot, but it's not. And you go to get that Charger or that Camaro. That's usually the two cars. Charger, Camaro, Mustang, you know, you're, you're stereotypical young guy i want to flex i got muscle in this car type of car uh-huh and you're paying this much for it and they're just getting over these guys and i have so many guys that i was cool with i saw going broke because they couldn't afford their car note and the insurance that came with it because they were young drivers driving these fast cars mm-hmm. Eight, i had a chevy cobalt <laughs> and, I was good, and i was good to go now i remember when i went to go get my chevy cobalt the guy who was trying to sell me on the Mustang, the Charger, all those nice looking cars. And I was like, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. Give me the Chevy Cobalt, mm-hmm. point A to point B. Yep. And I'm good. Yep. <laughs> so if you learned anything from Tomatoes today, get some nice clothes for your interview. When you get the job, don't waste your money on a fast car. Get a decent car that gets you from point A to point B. And then once you build up and save up and you pay that car off, if you want to get a car after that, then you move on to the nice car. Yep. Because you can build up some credit. Yep. You got to put no down payment down. Yep. And that's another thing. If you, don't, if you go to a car dealership, do not put a down payment down. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to do it at all. Right. I know there's some car sellers right there that are listening are going to be mad at me about that. Yeah, they are throwing tomatoes <laughs> at you. <laughs> there's no need to put any, any money down. That's just for them. That's purely goes into their pocket. It doesn't really help your car payment go any lower. Like it might go from 350 to 340. It's, a, yeah, it's like seven bucks, 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And you're paying 2000 out of your pocket. Keep that 2000 or something else. Mm-hmm. The extra $10 a month is going to hurt you. That 2000 coming out may hurt you if you something happens, you need it. So no down payment, all right? It's not going to help you. If, as much as they try to talk to you about it, if they got you there for five hours, it's too long. Just leave. You can leave. <laughs> you can You're leave. allowed. 
yeah. And plus now you can shop online and, get, and even get a car. So you don't have to deal with these guys, but people still do. And the job I have now has just opened my eyes again to that guy still exists or that woman. I've dealt with sleazy women too. You guys aren't excluded. Mm-hmm. So it's been sleazy <laughs> women and sleazy men out here selling cars with lemons in them. Just don't do it. All right. So that was our long-winded tomatoes. Let's get to some applause. Who are you giving <laughs> your applause to today, Nikki? I'm giving my applause to all the Real Housewives fans out there, myself included, who have been screaming for an all-star version of the Real Housewives, and we are finally getting it. I'm throwing slight tomatoes at Bravo because they want to act like brand new, like this is their idea. Meanwhile, I, <laughs> we have all been tweeting at Andy, and we've all been tweeting each other like for years, how come we don't have an all-stars? I'm a little annoyed it's going on Peacock. Now I got to get another streaming service. You know, I could throw, maybe that's next week's tomatoes. I got so many streaming services I don't know. Can somebody like package it in one thing? Like, I'm what the hell? I don't even know what I'm subscribed to half the time. But also all the Bravo fans out there, they did confirm we are getting two below deck spinoffs. So Real Housewives, All Stars, new franchises and spinoffs of below deck coming down the pipe. So shout out to Bravo, all the Housewives fans. We finally got what we've been asking for. Okay, my wife is going to be very excited about that. And for the All-Stars, do you have any people in mind that should be on the All-Star show? Well, they they are currently filming in Turks and Caicos. I believe they have Ramona and Luann from New York. They have Teresa and Melissa from Jersey. If Cynthia from Atlanta, she's kind of boring. I wouldn't agree with Melissa. Yeah, yeah if you're going to pick somebody from Atlanta, I would have went with maybe Candy. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have went with Cynthia. Yeah, no, not Cynthia. Um, oh, Kenya's there. It looks like Kenya and Ramona are fighting. Kyle from Beverly Hills is there. She's just boring and a wet blanket to me. So I want to swap some of these people out, maybe get some OGs, get Nene in there, get Tamara in there, really spice it up. But it's the first It's the first one, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not excited about some of the picks. Like, I'm not... I'm, I watch here and there. Sometimes I'll be watching. I'll see you tweeting about it. Yeah. And I'll make, it'll make me turn it on. But for the All-Stars, you got to get the main drama people. Yeah. Like, yeah. they didn't have anybody from Potomac. Like, Potomac is off the chain with the drama. And they didn't. <laughs> and I feel like they should have had, um, like, half the Potomac cast on there. They should have. <laughs> I guess uh, they said because they're currently filming now, they couldn't use anybody from Potomac or Salt Lake City. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Salt Lake City got all the drama too. Don't they have somebody that's going to jail? Yeah, <laughs> Jen Shaw, yeah. How this turned into a Housewives podcast? I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's the thing I have about having a wife who watches this stuff because somehow the knowledge just comes into you like a sponge. Yep. Next thing I know, I'm talking about it. But yeah, so my wife will be excited about that. So I, I love that applause right there. So I'm gonna throw my uh, throw my applause. I'm gonna give my applause. <laughs> because I've been throwing so many tomatoes. I'm so used to throwing now. I'm going to give my applause this week to sports fans out there. Like, sports fans and the real fans out there are the best. Not the rah-rah fans or the fans who, you know, try to act like they know what they're talking about and they don't. But the real fans out there who love sports love sports talk the ones who listen to us the ones who listen to my podcast 
I'm giving my applause to you because a lot of fans, if you're not on ESPN or Fox Sports, they're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to listen to this guy. But a real fan knows that me and Nikki could hold our own with a Max and Stephen A or a Skip and Shannon or whoever you throw out there. And just because we're not on that platform doesn't mean anything. It's just like the person with a college degree who's not good at their job. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I want to give my applause to those who give the small podcasts, the small radio shows, the small TV shows a chance and show my appreciation for you. So give my applause to you today. I love that. And we love you guys. We appreciate you all listening and giving us this platform and you keep listening every week and we love you for that. Definitely. Definitely love you for that. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we'll get into some knowledge with Nikki, do our Mount player player and also some unpopular opinions. So we'll be right back. Wanna relocate me? They run it, but they can't fake me. They wanted to come up, but they ain't crazy. I ride one in the six trays, Chevrolet rolling without no top. Got them hydraulics dumping it, making it drop. California to Virginia, Timmy making it hot. Taking long rides in a G4 plane. X-Men to the stage, got them going insane. Yeah, got the world say I'm a name. I'm about to make a little change. I'ma keep it the same. You dig? X to the Z, baby. Run up on your hidden corners, Phantom. Break, come on. X be the life for the party. Don't be scared, girl. Reach out and touch somebody. Welcome back to Third and Three with the performance that is so good that you have to hear, but you can't see. All right. And I'm coming through you with this. That was off the dome right there. Freestyle coming to you with that, (laughs) coming in back from the music break. And on this show, we have two segments that are considered legendary. You know, the fans of this show really, really love Naj with Nikki and Mount Player Player. And it's, two things we've had since the beginning pretty much and with knowledge with nikki not only do you get nikki but you get a little run dmc and let me go ahead and give that to you and then we'll get into some knowledge with nikki if my spotify work here as i'm plugging along here but here we go <laughs> so we're gonna get <laughs> some run dmc and then we'll get some nikki this speech is my recital I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right, on top of it. Here we go. And it's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right, on time is tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right, on time is tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. This little girly, her hair was kind of curly. Go ahead, D. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Spotify. You have saved us many times in this show. Definitely. And if you want to have this podcast exclusively on Spotify, 
you don't mind talking business with you now. (laughs) (laughs) So now it's time to get into knowledge with Nikki. You always come with something different to challenge us with. And today it's just me. Jason left me alone this week. So it's just me to deal with the chaos that's going to come. What is the chaos about this week? The chaos for this week is not too bad because I knew you'd be by yourself. So I have continued the draft trivia. That'll be the last of it for this month. And we have, I just did five questions for you. Okay. Sounds good. Let's see if I can go five for five. All right. I think you can. All right. Let's see. All right. So number one, in 2000, Courtney Brown was the first overall pick. Although considered a bust, he did have a productive rookie season. How many sacks and how many combined tackles did he record in his rookie season? Oh, this is a really good question. And what's funny about it is I did an episode on my podcast about the 2000 NFL draft and how bad it was. Oh, (laughs) so funny. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, last year around this time, back when like nothing was going on, I did a couple of drafts and like look back at them. Oh, that's yeah, right. Know. You did do that. Yeah. Now, oh man, Courtney Brown, that first year, I want to say that first season he had six sacks. And yeah. you said no? No. Ah. And for tackles, I'm going to guess that he had 40 tackles. No. Oh, okay. Where was it? 4.5 sacks and 69. combined yeah yeah decent first year that did not turn into anything for Courtney Brown there Um, (laughs) definitely Mm. won't be in that category for my player player a little later on uh no (laughs) (laughs) all right number two while the 2002 first overall pick David Carr struggled with the Houston Texans He had a standout moment in 2006 when he tied the record for most successive pass completions in the NFL. Which team did he do that against? Oh, wow. 2006? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to say he did that against the Oakland Raiders. Buffalo. Mm, Buffalo. 22 (laughs) successive passes. I think, wasn't that broken by Drew Brees? It might have been. I just want to throw a Saints back out there. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. Alex Smith was taken first overall by the 49ers in 2005. How many wins did he lead the Niners to in games he started in his first five seasons? Oh, wow. Uh, he is a, that was his calling card was being a winner. So I know it's a good amount. Because you couldn't really point to anything else. You couldn't be like, oh, it's a massive arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be like, he's a winner. Um, <laughs> his first five years, I'm going to go with, I'm going to say 53. 16. Oh, his first, like, first five years, only 16 wins? Games he started in his oh. first five seasons, yep. Oh, wow. 16. Are you taking back the winner? Come on. <laughs> that was the thing. That was the whole thing about him was, I guess it came later. <laughs> that was the thing. It was, oh, he's a winner. <laughs> All right. Number four. 
Mario Williams was a surprise when the Texans drafted him first overall in 2016. Williams recorded nearly 100 sacks in his career, but which quarterback was the first one he sacked? Oh, wow. And you're talking about 2006, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the first quarterback he sacked, he was playing for the Texans. So I'm going to go in division. I'm going to say it was Vince Young. Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper. Yeah, oh, wow. Miami Dolphin. Yep. Yeah. Forgot about those Miami Dolphin years there. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's try to do the, let's get number five in here. <laughs> it's been a struggle. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> 2007's bust extraordinaire, Jamarcus Russell, was taken by the Oakland Raiders, who, turn, who turned out to be a huge disappointment for the Oakland Raiders. Adding insult to injury, the Raiders also missed out on an array of talent that year. How many future pro bowlers were taken in the first round of 2007? Mm. 2007, see, that's Calvin Johnson. That, uh, uh, Darrell Revis was that year. Ooh, they missed out on a lot. Um, I'm going to say they were, there were eight. 17. 17 in the first round? 17. Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas, LaRon Landry, Adrian Peterson, Patrick Willis, Marshawn Lynch, where am I? Darrell Revis, Lawrence Timmons, Michael Griffin, Reggie Nelson, Dwayne Bowe, Brandon Merriweather, Joe Beeson, Anthony Spencer, Joe Staley, Ben Grubbs, and Greg Olson. Wow. That's for all the kids out there who have no idea who these people are. <laughs> That's it's funny. It doesn't seem that long ago, but yeah, most of them are retired. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but nah, that was an amazing draft. And we talked about it a little bit a few episodes I had ago where we did our top five first rounds of all time. And I mentioned that one. I say a lot of people forget about it as a top one because of Jamarcus Russell, but the rest of that first round was nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just like when I read that back and I was like reading the name, it was like, oh, holy shit. Like you kind of forget about it, you know? Yeah. That was no, a monster a, that, draft right there. Yeah, that was an amazing first round. So great knowledge from Nikki there. I didn't have any of it. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as always, you learn something new um, from Nikki. You learned that Damien sucks at draft trivia. And you also learned some knowledge from Nikki as well. Well, draft trivia is done with now. So are you glad April's done? We're moving to a new theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no telling what's going to be now. It's going to be something else I don't know about. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, but now something that we do know about. The top draft picks of all time. So for our Mount Player Player, if you're not familiar with the segment, we always, it's a Mount Rushmore style where we pick four in a whatever category we're doing that week. Four of the best, four of the worst. It could be either one, but Today, we're doing four of the best draft picks of all time. Um, so let's get your number four, Nikki. So uh, I had to like really think about this. At first, I went to write my list. I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And I'm like, let me, like I had to rein myself in because it's real easy to just pick like the four best players of all time, right? And kind of call yeah. it a day. So, and I just like did not want Tom Brady on number on another freaking like number one list. So I went... <laughs> Um, I went defensive on this. So mine's like the defensive edition and just 
more so players that I think probably need a shout out. So my number four is Ed Reed, one of the greatest safeties to ever play the game. 1,590 interception return yards, an NFL record, um, 64 career interceptions. He's ranked sixth of all time out of those 64 returns, seven of those back for a touchdown, like basically a human highlight reel. And inducted into the dome of greatness as we have changed the name in 2019. So Ed Reed, number four for me. That's a great pick. Uh, Louisiana's own Ed Reed, somebody who I heard about growing up as he was doing things in high school that no one else was doing. Uh, Just an amazing talent. That's a great pick, especially where they got him at in the first round. So that's a great pick right there. Great value in that pick. And speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, my number four pick, Ray Lewis. Um, Ray Lewis in the 1996 draft went 26 overall and is maybe the best middle linebacker of all time. So you think about that, the fact that he helped them get to two Super Bowls, uh, was named MVP and started to bring this up in the win over um, the Giants oh. in that, that monster season uh, where that defense, maybe the greatest defense of all time, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. I remember watching some of those games because my grandfather is a Baltimore Ravens fan. He was a Cleveland Browns fan. And when they moved to Baltimore, he decided to stay with Baltimore even when Cleveland came back. And and for good reason, as you saw with <laughs> how long how long it took Cleveland to get to being a, a decent squad. Um, so watching those Baltimore Ravens games, I remember watching games where they just wouldn't score. They had like a streak during the regular season of like six straight games where they didn't score a touchdown and were still able to win and make the playoffs mm-hmm. and somehow win a Super Bowl all on the back of their defense. And Ray Lewis was a big part of that throughout all these years 13 time pro bowler like I said probably the greatest middle linebacker of all time so I think that's a great pick right there especially again late in the first round so Ray Lewis is my number four I totally agree with you I have him on my list as well okay is he number three he is number two okay but number (laughs) number three I have Champ Bailey total threat on D well really defense offense special teams but the Redskins at the time maybe the team was the Redskins just clarified um and Denver they only played him ever at cornerback and what a freaking beast he was in his single role Champ Bailey was selected to 12 Pro Bowls which is more than any other defensive back in history, just like an all-around beast monster of a player. So he's number three for me. Great pick. Shut down corner. Um, it's too bad that the Washington football team didn't stick with Champ Bailey or make sure that they had him. Because yeah. now when you think of Champ Bailey, you think of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. It's something that, you know, Washington for years was known for not being able to hold on to great talent like that. And he is one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. For my number three, it went offense, it went Randy Moss. Mm. All right. So you think of back to the 1998 NFL draft, it was all about Peyton Manning uh, and Ryan Leaf, you know, <laughs> Charles Woodson. And he had this super talented wide receiver who had a quote unquote troubled background. So he fell down the draft to number 21. And it's probably the most athletically gifted wide receiver of all time. And the fact that the Vikings got him at 21 overall. And for him to go on to set so many records and just ball out for the Vikings. And then, you know, had those two years in Oakland where he just was lost in abyss, but then come out of, come out of the abyss to break records in new England and lead them to the Super Bowl. 
Randy Moss was an absolute monster. Top five wide receiver of all time. I don't think you could have him lower than four, to be honest with you. So I have Randy Moss as my third best draft pick of all time. Love it. Isn't that crazy? Number 21. Yeah, crazy. So we already touched on number two, but I agree with you. I have Ray Lewis. I mean, led the Ravens in tackles 12 out of his 14 seasons, 31 career interceptions, fifth most in league history uh, by a linebacker. And you said it two time Super Bowl winner uh, inducted into the dome of greatness in 2018. <laughs> Just uh, one of the greatest middle linebackers to seriously ever play the game. So I have him number two. Yeah, I definitely don't have anything to add to that one. So for my number two, went with Jerry Rice. Mm. So Jerry Rice went to a very small school in Mississippi, right? And the fact that San Francisco knew about him <laughs> coming out of Mississippi Valley State University um, to pick him number 16 overall in the first round. And the stats that he put up in his career are still just dumbfounding, right? Mm -hmm. You think about the 1,549 receptions, the 22,000, yes, I said that correctly, 22,895 receiving yards, (laughs) the 208 touchdowns, 13-time Pro Bowl selection, and was still good when he got shipped out of San Francisco. San Francisco's like, okay, you're getting older. T.O.'s our guy now. Yeah. Even in Jerry Rice's last game with San Francisco, T.O. broke the record for catches in a game, yeah. right? So that was clear. It was clear that he was the guy now. Jerry Rice goes to Oakland, and they get to Super Bowl. Like, dude was an absolute monster. He's in a conversation for not only greatest wide receiver of all time, but greatest football player of all time. And the fact that you got him at number 16 and out of Mississippi Valley State, the scouting department, especially in the 80s to do this, <laughs> Got to give yeah. him all the props. All the props in the world. Wasn't no YouTube. Yeah. There <laughs> was no Instagram. Wasn't nobody you know, sharing his videos all over the internet. Wasn't no internet yet. Or if it was, it was in the baby stages. Nobody had it. So the fact that you noticed him at Mississippi Valley State, your scouting department was doing some real scouting. So shout out to whoever was scouting for San Francisco back then, because they deserve more credit than they get. Uh, so I got Jerry Rice at number two on my list. You make a really good point with the scouting department because um, I know this week everybody's harping on oh, the scouts are complaining that due to COVID they can't scout properly. And everybody's coming back with them like, listen, you know, there was a time people did this. There was no workout videos. There's no <laughs> internet. There's no nothing. So um, it, it, you make a good point. It's just funny because I had been hearing that all week. Like, yeah, I mean, hello. There was a time where you just had a what go off the eye test right you didn't have all this stuff to make your decision so yeah shout out to the scouts on that one yeah you went off the eye test you went off of hearsay yeah like it was had to be literal hearsay to hear about this guy at mississippi valley state (laughs) (laughs) and like okay let me go see him and see what it's uh, really about and then they saw him was like oh this guy is gonna be awesome and he turned out to be awesome so yeah that's yeah if you're complaining with all the technology you have to see like you could literally do a Zoom workout if you want to. Like there's so much stuff you could do mm-hmm. right now to make sure to see what it is. But game tape is not enough. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who do you have at number one? All right. Well, number one, if I'm 
talking defense and we're talking greatest of all time, I'm going LT, baby. I mean, <laughs> he is considered by players, coaches, fans, friggin' journalists, like everybody in the world, uh, the greatest defensive player um, of all time. And that's because he changed the game. Okay. I need everybody to understand his play changed defensive and offensive schemes for good, like for good, full stop for good. And you guys know when we do our rankings and sometimes it gets really tough and I have to give myself like some sort of criteria, I always talk about and always think about, you know, when I'm weighing it out, the all-time greats, how did they impact the game? How did they change the game in itself? I mean, LT did that. So on top of being like one of the greatest players of all time, he just completely changed the game. So LT number one for me. Love that pick right there. Now I'm going to give a disclaimer before I say my number one. Number one is Tom Brady, right? Number 199 to turn out to be the guy he is still playing today, we know Tom Brady is number one, okay? Uh We excluded him from the conversation. (laughs) So for my number one, I went with Shannon Sharp. Oh, I like that. Shannon Sharp was a seventh round pick in 1990, the 192nd overall pick out of Savannah State, another small school guy back in the days, like I said, pre-internet, pre-social media. So scouting department for Denver did a great job. And he came in and turned into an eight-time Pro Bowl selection. Uh, He was a member of three Super Bowl teams, two with the Broncos in 97 and 98, and one with Baltimore. He was literally the only shining light on that offense in 2000. Uh, And whenever they needed something, he was the one to get it for them. Um, He is, for receptions, 815, over 10,000 receiving yards, 62 touchdowns and was inducted into the Dome of Greatness Mm. in 2011. So shout out to Shannon Sharp. But we all know Tom Brady, just to make sure you don't get mad at us. And like, how did you not mention Tom Brady? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) We all know Tom Brady is the true number one when it comes to this discussion of greatest draft picks of all time. Of course he is. It's just, (laughs) ah, like, you just won a Super Bowl. You went to Tampa Bay. You didn't even have to try. Your whole team is intact. Antonio Brown is coming back. Six million dollars. Like, I've had enough. He does not need to be on the top of our list. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) We didn't need to do that. We didn't need to go there. I mean, that's just uh, enough. You have enough, Tom Brady. Married to a supermodel. You're living the life in Tampa. Seven Super Bowls. Stop. Just just go away, actually. (laughs) Oh, man. So, and one of our unpopular opinions is that we don't believe Tom Brady is the GOAT. Mm -hmm. We're not going to talk about that one today. We have other unpopular opinions to get to. What is your unpopular opinion today, Nikki? Okay, so bike riding slash spin class is a horrible activity. (laughs) I, I just don't get, like, these people who, like, ride their bike for leisure. First of all, it hurts. Okay. And not just my legs, like it hurts. And it's, it's like too much of a workout to be a leisure activity for me. Like I, I just, you know what, when I'm in my car and I see these people on like a main road and I just like, I panic for them because all I could think about is like, I hope this person's not texting on their phone. They're just going to like slam into me, my little bike, my little horn, my fluorescent outfit, whatever. Like, I just, I don't find it a leisure activity and these spin classes, I mean, I can't do it. I cannot do it. 
it is just, uh, I can't with the teach. I feel like I am spinning to nowhere, okay? They're like, mm-hmm. imagine the, the fields and the mountains and imagine the beach. No, imagine my foot up your ass because this sucks. <laughs> it is boring. And stop, you're giving me these positive affirmations. Like, you go, girl. You are a god. No, shut up. Like, I just want to get through this workout. It sucks. I don't need to hear this positive bullshit. Like, it is just, you know, but- I will say for me, I'm not a fan of like the bike feel. I don't like that nothing is around me. And you could take my unpopular opinion with a grain of salt because I do like to run. I know a lot of people don't, but running outside, not a fan of running on the treadmill. Again, I feel like I'm running to nothing, but yeah, this bike riding for lead. No, it's horrible. It's uncomfortable. It's just, it's really not a great activity. I don't know anyone does it. Wow. That's a strong one right there. (laughs) (laughs) um i I know some people who enjoy spin i've never done a spin class um i haven't rode a bike since man yeah i was a teenager um so yeah it's been a while i might be one of the few guys who can't just get on and say oh it's just like riding a bike because i wouldn't know (laughs) i can't and you know i might get on the bike and fall right off because i don't know how to do it anymore yeah but yeah, for spin class though, I can see how it could be uncomfortable. Um, if it's uncomfortable for women, imagine men in that area. Um, so it could be yeah. it's something. It's something that you know I could imagine not being comfortable. And my wife, she's done some spin classes. I think it really depends on the instructor as well. She's had some that she's liked, where she's like, I really liked the instructor. It was dope. They had good music. Mm-hmm. She's had others where she was like. The instructor was trying too hard, mm-hmm. doing too much. The music sucked and I didn't enjoy it. So I think I really think the ambiance around it really goes into how much you enjoy spin class. That's true. And I ask your wife if she did the, so they have this new bike out where like where you lean, the entire bike leans with you. It's not just a stationary bike. So if you don't have a good center of gravity or any ab strength, I mean, and they're like, oh, don't worry. You're not going to fall. And you're just like, what do you, why are you telling me this before I get on the bike? What, what do you mean? I'm not going to fall. <laughs> like, so it's a weird feeling. Um, so yeah, I wonder if she's tried that class too, because it is a big difference just between the stationary and this new bike that like when you move, it moves with you. I don't mean just like it moves to the right a little bit. Like it leans all the way to the right. So yeah, no, spin, I'm going to stick to my yoga, my Pilates. That's it. My running and that's it. Okay. Now I get it. And for me, I'm trying to get back in shape now. I've been eating better. Instead of going to fast food, I'm getting like salad and go. All right. So I don't bring in my lunch. I've been drinking more water, trying to do that for, first of all, who made the rule for a gallon a day? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How does anybody drink 128 ounces of water in a day? How? I know it's possible. I've seen people do it, but how? How do you do it without, like, first of all, I get full. I'm full by drinking, like, I drink like half the gallon. I try to get through, like I had this 20 ounce glass. So I'm like, oh, let me, if I fill it up four times throughout the day at work and then I do another four at home, that'll be it. I got through like two at work and I was done drinking water. Yeah. I was, I was <laughs> like, I'm full off of water. I'm done. I need something that tastes good. Let me get this lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody drink that much water. Um, but that's just a, a side rant. That's not my unpopular opinion. Okay. But. I just need to get it off my chest because I'm struggling. I'm drinking water now because I'm trying to get to that that level. 
Um, but I'm gonna ask my wife about the leaning bike and see if she's done that one. Yeah, let me know. So, for my unpopular opinion, I don't know if you're gonna have a problem with this one, but I think we should get rid of the term happy wife, happy life. <laughs> okay. I see a lot of men out here that go by that and they just seem miserable. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, oh, you know, happy wife, happy life. I'm like, well, it doesn't seem like your life is that happy right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I feel like it should be happy spouse, happy house, right? Because you need both the wife and the husband or however your relationship may go, wife and wife, husband and husband, whatever it may be, to both be happy. And if it's all catering to the person who is the wife in the relationship, you'll lose yourself. The next thing you know, you're no longer watching sports because the wife doesn't want to, or the husband doesn't want to, depending on your relationship and how, who's the sports fan, or you're no longer eating good things because the wife doesn't want you to. And not just like for your health, but just, oh, I don't like burgers. So you no longer eating burgers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like stuff like that. And I feel like it's been so, uh, just such a slogan for such a long time that people are just like, oh, you know, you got to make the wife happy. Or the the wife says anything, you know, you know, the wife wanted this, the wife wanted to go, I just wanted to chill and go to Chili's, but now I got put on a suit because she wanted to go to a five-star restaurant tonight. (laughs) You couldn't meet in the middle? Yeah. You couldn't couldn't meet and say you did, you wanted to go to Chili's, she wanted to go to this expensive five-star restaurant, go to cheese, go to Cheesecake Factory, meet right in the middle. Yep. Right. But I feel like that slogan needs to go and we need to stick with happy spouse, happy house. It covers everybody. It covers men, women, people who are unsure of their gender. They, us, it covers everybody. Happy spouse, happy house. Everybody should be happy. And it shouldn't all be about catering to the wife. Not all the time. No, I, you know what, D, I really agree with you. I actually hate, I hate when people say that and you see it on Instagram, social media, all the time, happy wife, happy life. No, it's about two people. That's why you got married, right? You know, to share your life together. And I, listen, I don't know. My husband and I are just maybe unconventional. Like we'll do things to make each other happy, but like, you know, I eat healthy and he likes his Reese cups and his burgers and, his, hey, you know, you don't eat it like every single day. Well, he does eat Reese's every day, but I'm never going to be like, hey, you I'm can't. not mad at that decision. Like, <laughs> I, I love I love Reese's sticks so much. I have to like not have to like coming home. The, like if I wasn't running late, uh-huh. I probably would stop at the gas station and got a Reese's sticks. So I have to, you guys know, like when you go to the store, I like, I, yeah, I waste money and I get the pre-cut like fruit salad. I can't be bothered like cutting my own fruit. I just can't. (laughs) So, but like once I'm done with that, that, you understand when I go food shopping, I have to get like multiple bags of Reese's, two bags go in the washed out fruit salad bowl. And then the Reese's go in the fridge. And then I got to hide the backup Reese's because I knew (laughs) it's going to power through them on like a Friday night and halfway through Saturday. But I would never, but the Reese's make them out. I'm not going to be like, can't have the Reese's because I don't want you to eat that because I don't eat that because I think peanut butter and chocolate's disgusting. Like, I just, <laughs> you got to make each other happy. You got to make the whole house happy. Because let me tell you, if your husband's miserable, you're miserable too. Like, it goes both ways. So, yes, it definitely goes both ways. So, there's going to be some women who are like, no, you got to make the wife happy because you make the wife happy, then we'll make you happy. No, start by making me happy in the first place. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> 
<laughs> you start All by right. taking me to Cheesecake Factory. I, I don't know. <laughs> that that menu's a bit much for me, though. I, I I get very overwhelmed. Like I'm more like, give me like five choices. Yeah, I can definitely see that is a lot on that menu, and I wonder how they make so much, so many different things but still make it well. A lot of mm-hmm. times when you have a restaurant that makes so many different things, something suffers. Mm-hmm. But I will say Cheesecake Factory, I haven't had any bad experiences yet. So I do think that they are pretty good at that. Um, but that was just my example. I know a lot of people, that's a big joke in the NBA that people go to cheese, they go to cheese, uh, Cheesecake Factory too much uh, in the NBA because that's it's everywhere. So every city they go to, they go to Cheesecake Factory. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's a big thing in the NBA about like guys taking their Instagram girls to Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it gets a bad rap sometimes, but it's really not that bad. Like I said, you know, like a one pit, like going to the diner, you know, anybody who's not from here, Jersey is, is huge on, on the diners and they're fantastic. But I mean, the menu is like 47 pages long. It's like, can I, you know, I just want like a nice omelet, scrambled eggs, toast. That actually sounds good for dinner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I just like, I love when I go somewhere and they're like, here's your three choices. Okay, great. <laughs> That's all I could pick from because it is, I get very overwhelmed. Yeah. No, I definitely feel you on that, man. I feel you. Now, one thing that will not have you overwhelmed is today's episode as we gave you a shorter edition. Um, but in today's episode, we didn't have Jason. Um, so we kept it short for you, but we're definitely going to have Jason back next week as we recap the draft. And if you want to get ready for the draft and know exactly what's going to happen, listen to last week's episode and listen to me because I know exactly what's going to happen. So listen to what Damien said on last week's episode to know what's going to happen in the first round. All right. Uh, we didn't. Now, there was a trade made afterwards, of course. So we don't know what Baltimore was going to do with that second pick, but everything else we're going to be on point with. All right. But next week, we're going to bring Jason back. And we'll bring you more of this amazing content that, you know, is just great, man. Because usually when it comes to content like this, you would need permission and have to pay admission. But we give this to you for free. The rhymes are for free. Um, and, you know, the great content is for free. So hopefully you appreciate it because we appreciate you. Um, Nikki, please tell the people where they can find you on social media. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Nikki Nick 9384 Yes, great follow. You get all the Giants talk, you get all the reality talk, you'll get all the all-stars of reality talk. Everything's going to be there on Nikki's Twitter. Um, you can follow me at the Real Deal WDA on all social media platforms. I'm very heavy on Twitter when it comes to basketball and boxing. Uh, every once in a while, you'll get some show talk. We're watching this show called Behind Her Eyes, which is crazy on Netflix. So um, me and my wife started that one. I might be tweeting about that a little bit. It's a really good show. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and watch that. Nikki, you can't watch it because you got too much to catch up on. Yeah, I know, but that <laughs> does look really good. It does look good. It's a really good show, but you got so much old stuff you got to catch up on. Um, if you are going to subscribe to Peacock, watch The Office. Okay. Okay. All right. Because um, The Office is on there now. It's no longer on Netflix. But if you're oh. getting Peacock, it'll be on there. I'm going to have to. That's, that's where the all-stars are. That's what I got to do. And another streaming. Here we go. I'm pretty sure that's going to be on the show next week. I could see <laughs> about all the streaming services. I'm the same way when it comes to boxing. Like with boxing, there's like so many different places to watch boxing to keep up with it. And it gets expensive. Mm-hmm. So streaming networks are the same way. They definitely should find a way to put like Netflix and Amazon should partner together, whoever it is, to make it easier for us. 
Um, but we'll see, man. We'll see what's going to happen. Um, don't forget to subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams. So you just got finished watching or listening to this one. Go ahead and listen to my podcast as well. Go ahead and put that great content in your life. You know, double it up. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So until next time, uh, make sure you share this show with everybody out there that you love and make sure that you live your life in parts of three because third and three is the best that you're going to listen to. All right. Peace. Bye.